Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. I grew up eating the worst nutrition possible. I remember coming home from school and being excited to have Pop-Tarts and then a couple hours later, some toasted bread with butter and sugar. We'd wash that down with grape soda. I'd eat some fudge. Breakfast was always one of those crunchy, bright-colored cereals that the first ingredient is sugar. Everything we ate was processed, and, and we just didn't know better. In fact, I didn't really start to learn much about nutrition until well into my career as a fitness professional. Even when I was teaching fitness classes and working as a personal trainer, I knew very little about nutrition. I was taking my cues and thinking that I was educating myself by the trends that were happening. In other words, there was a period of time where I thought eating fat-free was the healthiest thing you could do. I just didn't know better. And as they say, when you know better, you can do better. But we can't count on trends or what's happening on the covers of magazines or sometimes even what our government's telling us about nutrition as knowing better. We've got to educate ourselves. And my guest today has made it her mission to do just that. Today's guest is JJ Virgin. She's a wellness expert and she's passionately waging a war on sugar. She's one of the nation's foremost nutrition and fitness experts. She's got 25 years in the industry and she's coached countless celebrities. She's the author of the New York Times bestselling book, The Virgin Diet. You may have seen her on the TLC reality series, Freaky Eaters. That show is a trip. She's been on the Dr. Phil show. Rachel Ray, Access Hollywood, The Doctors, Inside Edition, PBS, and most recently, Dr. Oz. JJ is a member of Mensa. She's a UCLA graduate. You're going to love her approach. There's no BS. It's straight to the point. She's opinionated. She's passionate because she wants to save lives. And this is reversible. We can change obesity. We can change the weight loss battle in our country. And please stay tuned to the end because JJ was kind enough to share with my audience some really cool free stuff. JJ, are you there? I am. Let's talk to the people about your greatest enemy, our greatest enemy, <laughs> sugar. <laughs> you know, it's so amazing too. Like if you'd said to me a couple years ago that I would be like focusing on sugar at this level, I would have been, ah. But what happened was when I was doing the virgin diet, it was the number one question I got asked. And I realized it's really two camps. There's people who are just absolutely controlled by it. They're consumed mm. with their cravings, right? And they yes. just can't get away from it. But then there's the other camp. And this is what I found most disturbing. Okay. People trying to do everything right, you know, making that effort, buying organic, eating, you know, more fruits and vegetables, all that stuff that they would be doing. But they were confused because things would say no sugar added, right? Mm -hmm. Or all natural or, you know, and, and so it turns out that even though they were eating all these healthy things, sugar, because 80% of processed foods have added sugar, and that's before you even look at natural sugars, and there's so many ways we can lie with labels, that even though they were trying so hard, they were still having all the symptoms, what I call high sugar impact, you know, gas and bloating and energy problems and fatigue. And Well, let's go over those, if you will. And, and I know these are kind of second nature in the, the fight that you're waging against, you know, really sugar. But let's talk about what some of those symptoms are that people may not even understand that it's related to their sugar yes. consumption. Well, most of us don't connect the dots between what we're eating and how we feel. But when you really look at it, the fastest way you can change how you feel is by changing what you eat. Oh my gosh, and, yes. Right? And yeah. so 
you look at this and we focus so much with sugar going, oh my gosh, diabetes and heart disease and cancer. And I'm like, well, those don't happen overnight. Those happen over time. What's more important is to look at, wow, my energy just totally dumped at three o'clock or I am just craving a cookie or I'm just hungry all the time and I shouldn't be, or I just can't focus or I'm crabby or you got gassy and bloated or you can't lose weight or it's all around your waistline. No matter what you do, you lose weight, but you're like a potato on stilts, like nothing's <laughs> changing there, right? Those are all signs. And the sad part is those are things that people think are just normal, right? Right. Oh, afternoon, go have a coffee and a cookie, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, you shouldn't have an energy drop. You should have steady, sustained energy. You shouldn't have to eat every two hours and have to have a little carb bump. Yeah. And so when people think about craving sugar and trying to reduce sugar out of their diets, can you share with us, what are some of the kind of myths that people assume that they're they're doing a good job and, and really they're still getting a lot of sugar that they don't realize? So here's the one that makes me absolutely crazy. And it is this idea that fruit is free food, <laughs> right? And yeah. I actually had someone text me the other day. He goes, okay, so I'm not eating any sugar, but the but fruit's okay, right? I'm just snacking on that all day long. I'm like, ah, you know, no, no, no. Wow. You know, we never should have put fruits and vegetables in the same category because it, the idea that a banana or apple juice or dried fruit is the same as kale is just bizarre. Okay, do you you are the first person I've ever heard say that and if you're listening, I want you to tweet that. Fruits and vegetables should not be in the same category. I mean, for me, that's a light bulb moment in this episode. Like, hello, you're right. Yes, thank you. So that was a biggie for me is to get people to understand that fruit's not this like, because it's this thing, oh yeah, just have some fresh fruit. Well, you know what? Fruit's got a, some great benefits. One or two pieces of fruit, lower sugar impact fruits, which I'll talk about what that means. But this isn't something that you eat all day long. And what you really don't want to do is unwrap that fruit, i.e. have juice or mm. condense it like jam or dried fruit. And one of the challenges is on the labels, and this is where people get duped the most. There's this idea that if it's natural, it's okay. And if you get like, look at some of the green drinks, green machine drink is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's got 56 grams of sugar. It's got five servings of fruits in the, in the greens, right? Yeah. It's really fruit juice with some greens added because you don't want to actually taste the green. But the challenge with fruit juice is you've taken the fiber out, you've just now rushed it to the liver and you look at something like apple juice. Apple juice has more fructose than a Coke. We're all concerned wow. about high fructose corn syrup, but you're going to get uh, the highest fructose fruit is apples. So apple juice that we're giving our little kids and turning mm -hmm. them into little drug addicts. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is why we have like children with fatty liver. I mean, kids oh, have gosh. fatty liver, right. you know, no one should have fatty liver, but especially not kids. Well, and it, it has so much to do with consumerism. And I have myself seen just people thinking that they're eating healthy. And even when I was doing personal training, and I would ask my clients to keep a food journal, and we'd look back through their food journal, and they would say, well, I got a, um, a large fruit smoothie from fill in the blank. Yes. And I would say, well, how many ounces? And they would tell me and but they had no idea how much sugar or calories was contained in one of those. And that sounds so healthy. And should we just point out that for most of those bigger um, juice smoothies, they're about 100 grams of sugar. That's crazy. 100 grams of sugar. And why are we labeling that? But here's the other problem. If we did label it, would people really understand? Like if we could put a little sugar mountain mm -hmm. picture, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, do people really understand what that is? Well, thanks to you, they're starting to. I hope so, because yeah. I think they'll still look at it and go, but it's all, it's, it's natural. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but, but natural doesn't, I mean, mer mercury is natural. 
You know, that doesn't make it arsenic's natural. It doesn't make it okay. But I think oh, the gosh. bigger issue, Shalene, is that we've been looking at sugar all wrong because we've been using the glycemic index as this gold standard for what we should eat. But the glycemic index makes a potato look the same as a carrot, right? Mm. Because it doesn't take into account amounts. Everything's based on a 50-gram load. And it also doesn't take fructose into account because fructose doesn't raise blood sugar, which makes it sound so great. But in reality, it's because it's beelining straight to the liver, the only organ that metabolizes it, where it starts making fat, you know? Mm. So what are fruits that we we can safely say that they are lower in sugar, and those are the fruits that we want to pay special attention to? Well, so what I did was I looked at four things in looking at determining sugar impact, and then I classified foods as high, medium, or low sugar impact. And so I looked at glycemic load as opposed to just glycemic index. So we could really take into account how much of a food you were eating, not just, you know, <laughs> where it was in terms of raising your blood sugar when you had 50 grams. And also I looked at fructose. And that's where you want to really look at with fruit because apples and pears are very high fructose. Mm. And, and then I looked at, again, fiber and nutrient density. So the real issue with fruit is don't drink it. Mm. And also don't dry it, you know, don't turn it into little sugar bombs, right? Because that's what you get with little dried fruit. And so often the dried fruit, then they even add sugar to the dried fruit, yeah. which is even more problematic, which I was like, why would we don't we don't need to add sugar to fruit? My mom used to do that throw sugar on berries. I'm like, you don't need to. But if you look at the <laughs> lowest sugar, I know, isn't that crazy? Did you grow up in the Midwest? My mother's from the Midwest. Okay, yeah, we I did that too. Berkeley, but oh, so that's a Midwest thing. Yeah, that, definitely. Yeah, the potato chips on the casseroles. Oh my gosh, yes. It's, uh, when we would go to <laughs> if, from Michigan, when we would go to a a picnic, the salads were like marshmallow salad, snick, yep. snickerdoodle salad. I'm like salads with no greens. <laughs> yeah. But you can call it a salad, then you said because it's in a bowl. Hey, just having a salad, yes. <laughs> so I think most people know berries are like you know they're they're fantastic, um, but also grapefruit. A lot of the different citrus fruits are lower in sugar impact, and peaches, and then non fruity fruit like tomatoes and olives. I, I just don't even count those. I olives. didn't even know an olive was a fruit. It is a fruit. Poor baby, it didn't. It, it's just getting a bad rap all these years. The higher sugar fruits, but they're still medium sugar impact, but, you know, proceed with caution. Apples, which were so surprising to me when I did this, but the average apple has 11 grams of fructose in it. Mm. So apples and dates and grapes in all the tropicals, those tend to be the higher ones. But again, the biggest thing with fruit is don't drink it. Well, let me ask you about that, because when you say don't drink it, and I'm thinking about making myself, you know, my own healthy protein shake and adding berries to it. Um, now I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm, I'm drinking my fruit. Is it better for me to consume it in its whole form? Well, no, that's okay because you didn't juice it. Juice it. Okay, so don't juice it juice when you it. say drink it. When you throw some berries in a shake and now you've got your protein in there and you've got your healthy fat in there and you've probably thrown in some extra fiber, mm -hmm. now you've given yourself a great metabolic hit because all those things are going to work to slowly deliver you know, sugar to your body instead of giving you this big crash of juice, right? Right. What are some of the things that people can do who want to transition off of sugar? Like they literally think that they'll start having the shakes and they can't imagine going, you know, cold turkey. What steps would you suggest people take if they want to transition? Or do you think that people should just go cold turkey? You know, it's the number one thing. And you haven't seen the book yet. So no. I love that you asked this because the single thing, and I went and looked when I decided I had to take on sugar. 
I went and read every single book out there and I was like, why, why is this such a problem? Well, part of it is because it's sneaking into places you should never expect, like balsamic vinegar is basically sugar syrup. What? What? Yes, sorry. But the other issue is that we go, okay, I'm going to stop. And then you just go cold turkey. And there's two issues here. Number one, sugar is a drug. Yeah. And, and sugar is the number one drug worldwide, number one drug of choice. I mean, you're not giving a little kid, you know, a five-year-old's not having heroin. Or he's not having, you know, a glass of wine and a cigarette. <laughs> so, you know, but they are having juice and cookies. So you look at it and you go, the studies show it's eight times more addictive than cocaine. They did a study with rats and they gave them morphine, lit up the reward center of their brain. Then they gave them Oreos, did the same thing. And then they gave them the choice and they chose the Oreos. So if you go with it's a drug, you would never have a drug addict pull the drug away from them and then say, all righty, hang out with it here, but don't touch it. Yeah, that's true. It'll be fine. This is silly. The, so the other problem is, is if you're eating little bits of sugar all throughout the day, and that could be because you had the skinny latte and the muffin, you know, it could be the, the strawberry yogurt you're having. It could be the salad with the raspberry fat-free vinaigrette and the glazed walnuts. It could be the glazed salmon for dinner that was shined with sugar. You know, all these things, all these places, sugar sneaking in. Then you say, I'm not going to do any of that. Your body, when you're eating a higher sugar impact diet, is fueled with sugar. So you're a sugar burner and you need to eat every couple hours to keep your energy up because your body can't access stored fat for fuel. If you just pull that out, you'll crash. And of course, what are you going to do if you crash? Right. <laughs> right. So tapering is the single most important thing. And I think if you don't do that, as big reason why people get set up to fail because their body has to make that transition into being a fat burner. So the first thing I have people do is make some swaps. So if they've been eating potatoes, switch to sweet potatoes. If they've been eating white pasta, switch to quinoa pasta, just things that take them from a higher sugar impact to a medium sugar impact, mm -hmm. but also focus on eating the right types of balances at each meal and spreading your meal time so you're not getting into that snacking every couple of hours. So, you know, clean, lean protein and things like grass-fed beef and wild fish and healthy fats like avocado and coconut milk and loads of non-starchy vegetables and then a little bit of slow-impact carbs, you know, beans or quinoa. Depends. I always say I cross over with vegans and paleo, so <laughs> I, I play with them all. So, depending on which direction you go, you can do beans or you can do pumpkin. It's just, you know, whatever makes you happy. So it sounds like um, tapering is the way to go. It, it's going to give people the greatest um, likelihood of success. We can agree on that. But when it comes to really knowing, okay, like what do I taper back first? If there's one particular meal where we're going to tell people, you know, or, or even a particular um, habit and say, start with this just tomorrow. I want my listeners to say tomorrow, I'm going to make this one single change. What would you tell someone who's coming to work with you? I bet you'll like this one. So my number one thing that I've done, whether it was a virgin diet, I've been doing it for 25 years, is to start the day with a shake, is to switch to a smoothie. I think one of the biggest places we blow it is at breakfast. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at what most people eat for breakfast, that cereal with milk and bananas and a glass of juice has the same sugar impact as four ice cream cones. Wow. So if you look at what most breakfast foods are, they're dessert. I mean, that, that muffin, all you do with a cupcake is take the icing off and you have a muffin, right? And the other thing is that I think so many people are unclear on what a healthy protein shake should contain. So do you have some recommendations on the types of protein that you recommend? Yeah. So, you know, I'm all with about food intolerance. So that's my main area and weight loss resistance. So generally, 
my what I recommend for protein is you always want to start with a clean, lean protein source. Look for something that if it does have added sugar, it's five grams or less of added sugar, no artificial sweeteners, obviously. I use a defatted beef protein for people who want an, a paleo-inspired protein. Hey, say that again, a defat. <laughs> defatted beef protein basically has, you know, the mouthfeel of whey, but without the allergenicity profile of it. Mm. And it's defatted, so you don't have the issues that you're going to get with meat that people are concerned about. So I have that on one end, and on the other, you know, a plant-based type of shake with, say, I tend to use pea more than rice because the arsenic levels of rice mm -hmm. that are you know, in there, but... Um, do you think we make too big of a deal about that? Is that some sensationalism or do you think that's valid? I think it's valid. Mm -hmm. um, and the challenge is it's really, if you're using a shake every single day and your shake was rice-based, it could be an issue, mm. you know? So it's really those things, like you mentioned, the most important thing here was like, what would you do if you're going to change one thing? You know, it's those things you do every single day. It's not like if you have birthday cake once a year, who the heck cares? Right. But every day you're having, let's say you're dairy intolerant and every day you're having some milk in your coffee, it's a problem, right? You know? <laughs> right? Yes. Or, I'll hear, but I just have a little sugar in my coffee every day. And I'm like, first off, it's not about the calories. It's about the metabolic effect. It's about the sugar impact and what's happening when you're doing that every single time you're having it. So it's those things you do every day. So rice, I think it's something we have to look at. So I've got a nice clean, lean protein that I can use as the powder for my shake. What else am I going to put in my morning shake? I'm a big fiber junkie. So I actually use a fiber blend, but then I add an extra fiber. And I might get that from, I use raw cacao nibs. I'll use chia seeds or freshly ground flaxseed meal or some avocado. Avocado is healthy fat, but loaded with fiber. I mean, you can get 10 grams of fiber from adding your avocado in there. It almost gets so creamy, like you're having um, ice cream in it when you add avocado. The first time someone suggested that to me, I'm like, gross. But then I tried and I'm like, delish. Isn't it? If you want to make an amazing dessert, you can make chocolate mousse with avocado and chocolate protein powder and a little coconut cream. It's unbelievable. Can I get that recipe? I need Yum. that recipe. I'll send that recipe to you. It's so Yum. easy to do. Throw some sliced nuts on top and it's great. I mean, oh, like this no is guilt great. dessert. Okay. Well, if you're promising to share that recipe with me, then I promise to share it with our listeners and put it on the blog. Fabulous. We will do it. Awesome. So um, so we've added some protein. We've added some fiber. And now would we add some some berries? Okay. So here's what I do with that. During two weeks, this is, this is the crazy part of the sugar impact diet that I thought this is going to get people going, oh my gosh. For two weeks, I actually pull fruit out altogether. Love it. Now, during at, before and after that, yeah, I have people throw berries in. And berries are my favorite thing to throw in a shake, you know, because loaded with fiber and phytonutrients. That, that's my preferred. And rotating those berries. Hmm. Uh, during the two weeks of the transition cycle of sugar impact, I drive fructose down to as close to zero as possible. So really what you're taking them on is a detox. You're going to detox. And when they're on this diet, they're going to detox from sugar first. Yeah, and it's really a fructose detox ah. because it's here's the cool thing with fructose. Your body, the more fructose you eat, the more you elevate something called GLUT5 transport proteins, which means you get really good at eating fructose and sending it fast to the liver and making fat. And you bypass any satiety signals along the way. It's also very aging, can raise blood pressure. So you do not want to be good at transporting fructose. Mm -hmm. But turns out you can that you can change this 
either way, you can get good at it or bad at it in a matter of days. So by taking fructose down to as close to zero as possible mm. for two weeks, you basically reclaim your sugar sensitivity. Sweet food starts to taste too sweet and gross, which I, wow. did, I did a little pilot test with 700 people and I used all sugar addicts. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's not make this easy. And I wanted to prove that you could, you know, whether your sweet tooth genetic or acquired, I think for so many of us, because we eat sweet all the time, we crave more sweet exposure equals preference but um that was the big thing that happened in two weeks i mean people lost the average was 10 pounds but the big wow. thing is they lost their sweet tooth and that to me is the real secret because if you don't have a sweet tooth think how liberated you are yeah then you're not constantly fighting what it is you want you actually learn to crave things that are better for you and give you sustained energy. And that's very liberating as opposed to having a list of rules or yeah. having a list of things you can and cannot eat as opposed to having things that you actually crave and you actually want. Exactly. I've never been good with rules. I tend to like, I look at a rule and the next thing I know, I'm like, why did I like, there I go going off, you know, breaking it again. But it really is about connecting the dots. When you take these foods out and at the end of two weeks, and, and I love the way you termed it really as a detox, you go back and you say, let me see how I feel when I eat some of the medium sugar impact foods. And let me try a high sugar impact food. And you're monitoring your mood and your energy and your gas and bloating. And all of a sudden you go, you know what, when I eat that, like I feel wrecked. I have a food hangover. It's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't want it because you know what it feels like to feel really great. And don't you think most people don't really know what it feels like to feel really good? That's a really good question. You know, I think sometimes I have been so far removed that I forget. I, I really do. And, and, I, and I don't have to go back too far. But once you're eating healthy and you're exercising, it's hard to imagine what it felt like before because it's just a way of life. For so many people, though, they're used to just going through the day, getting that coffee, getting that cookie, having that muffin, getting that little something, something late at night, right? Yeah. They have all those little things that have become habits, but now their body is hooked on them and they actually need them in order to keep their energy up throughout the day. And they think that's normal. And then you watch the advertisements and like constipation, gas and bloating, headaches. It's like, it's all normal stuff, right? Oh my gosh, <laughs> no kidding. Crazy. You know, and then all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, I've done this for two weeks and I have none of that. That wasn't like just status quo. That actually was what I was eating. Oh my God. <laughs> it is pretty crazy. And it's amazing how much you don't realize what your nutrition does to you. Just, you know, headaches and clarity and focus and to remove the, you know, chronic swelling and achiness and things that I think for many of us, we've adopted some of these really bad habits as we've gotten older. And so we think that the symptoms that we're experiencing are related to getting older, when in fact, I think so many of them really relate to the bad habits that we keep tacking on year after year. Well, I am older than you. I'm 51. And <laughs> I will tell you that I feel better, look better, have more energy, all of that now than yeah. I did at 30, 35. And uh, the bigger crisis is so much of this is happening. Like I was actually raised on pop tarts, but then at twelve <laughs> I did a whole revolution. So was I? Really? I oh, was gosh. poppy. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know. I took it to the extreme, but. At 12, I, I changed all that. I grew up in Berkeley and I was like, I'm not eating any of these things. But you look at a lot of the kids now and with 20% of 
teenage obesity and the average teenager eating 32 teaspoons of sugar a day, they don't even have a chance to ever know, like, these are their habits now. This is how they live. And it's really frightening. It really is. I mean, to speak about our, our past and, and understanding more about how our nutrition impacts our ability to feel healthy and look healthy. Even when I did my first infomercial, I'll get emails and comments on Facebook and people will say, what are you doing now? Your body looks so different. You look younger and more healthy now than you did 10 years ago. What are you doing? And my answer is I'm educating myself. You know, when I filmed that first infomercial, I knew zero about nutrition. I was on a steady diet of Diet Coke and, you know, low fat, low carb yep. foods, but I, I didn't know anything about nutrition. I know. I, I was a personal trainer back then. I literally lived on Diet Coke <laughs> and everything fat-free. Yeah. <laughs> I was a fat-free vegetarian. Like, what are you eating there? And a lot of frozen yogurt, by the way. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then talking about the kids, this is a true story. It just popped into my head. My daughter's now uh, 14. But when she was 11 years old, she had a little girl spend the night. And her mom said, do you mind if I swing by and, and bring her her dinner? And I said, well, we're, we're making dinner. But, you, you know, I thought, well, maybe she's got some, you know, bizarre allergy. This is a true story. You just sit up straight and hold on to your chair. The mom <laughs> brought over two chocolate Hershey bars and what, said, what? this is what she this is what she wants. This is the only thing she'll eat for dinner. <laughs> I was like, why does the kid have her own bank account and car and that's what she goes out and gets I unbelievable mean, that is that crazy oh and the mom God. literally drove over to Hershey's bars and put them in a little bag because I'm sure she was like just mortified to think oh boy here I'm driving over to this you know woman's house who makes a living off of health and nutrition I'm, and I'm bringing over contraband in a little brown bag two chocolate bars for dinner dinner oh. Yeah, we've got some problems. Moms and dads, if you're listening, it starts with you. And you just, you can't say, this is all my child will eat because they, a child will not starve themselves. Well, and how did they find, I had, I had one parent tell me that my child only eats microwave bacon. I'm like, how did they find that? <laughs> like, how did that happen? You make you me know? laugh. I mean, That's it's so like, awesome. come on, someone fed them that to start with, you know, someone got them started. And you know, if you get a five-year-old started on Hershey's and that's all they eat, <laughs> duh. Duh. Because you know, I don't know if you were aware, I was on this show called Freaky Eaters. I was the nutritionist on this show. And that's yes. what we saw. We saw people who had had lived their entire life on French fries. Yes. Or, I mean, crazy stuff. One gal, all she ate was sugar. It was stunning. You know, wow. and another gal, all she did was drink Coke. She would even, wow. if she had to eat, she'd float it in the Coke. Oh my <laughs> God. You know, it was like, how do these things happen? They just how never do these people live. Yeah. <laughs> how do they exist? Let me ask you a question that I don't know the answer to, and I'd love to know it. Um, is there a way or a formula for us to figure out, ideally, what would be the perfect amount or, you know, in a perfect world, on a perfect day, grams of sugar I should be consuming based on my age, weight, height, gender, and do, and do those things factor in? So what if I said zero and that you really shouldn't be consuming sugar, you should be making it. You're, hmm. If you if you are reading, eating carbs, now you're still going to get some, like, you know, you did tomato, you're getting some grams of sugar or some pumpkin. But ideally, you're eating slow, low impact carbs and your body is breaking those down into glucose, right? Because your body's going to take all carbs except fiber and break them down into glucose or fructose. And then if you had room in the liver, it would take that fructose and it would break it, move it over to glucose and sort as glycogen. So, but you're, there's not going to be a room there because we're overwhelming our liver. But ideally, you're eating things like 
pumpkin or quinoa or you're getting natural sugars and things like berries and your body is making the sugar it needs. You're not mm. giving, you don't need to give it. It can, it can make it. So if I'm calculating, if I'm really being careful about my food log and I'm calculating my grams of protein and carbohydrates and sugars and, and fats, do I count those? Okay, so here's how I do it. And and I, I always try to make this really simple and user-friendly. And of course, Yay. this is going to vary based on where someone is. Are they insulin resistant? Do they have an adrenal, a stress problem? What type of exercise are they doing? All these things are going to factor in, right? But I think ideally, if you look at this, you go, okay, figure out how much protein you need. And I'm sure you've taught your audience that piece of it. And And basically, you know, it's somewhere around 20 to 30 grams per meal. And it depends on your size and how much muscle you have. And if you're a male or if you're a female, if you're strength training or recovering from surgery or what. Mm -hmm. And then have, and I keep it down to one or two servings of what I call low impact or slow, low carbohydrates each meal. And then a lot of non-starchy vegetables. And then the rest is healthy fats. Love it. You can bring the fats up. You really got to watch how much on the carbohydrates. And that goes again up and down based on are you insulin sensitive? Are you diabetic? You know, are, do you have adrenal exhaustion? But the protein's pretty stays the same unless you're recovering from, you know, you've got you're healing from something. And the carbs vary a little bit. You eat loads of vegetables. I think most people are totally underdoing their veggies, mm. like five to 10 servings of non-starchy veggies a day. And then healthy fats and don't be fat phobic. Fat is one of the most amazing, making an oil change is amazing for what it can do for your hair, skin and nails. Amen. You know, reducing inflammation, incredible. And making you not hungry. If you don't eat fat, you're going to be hungry and crabby. We could do a whole show just on oils and healthy fats. Yes. And it is, I, I'm amazed, Shaleen, that people are still fat phobic. Yeah. It's incredible to me. Fat does not make you fat. It does not make you fat. It's all of this crappy processed food that makes you hungry and age fast. It is not the avocado. <laughs> so tell me about the type of results that you're seeing when people are on the sugar impact diet. So literally, we did this because of the virgin diet. And so what I did was I took 700 people. I, I, always been bothered by the glycemic index. Mm. And so I read every book out there on sugar. I'm, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure this out. And I knew fructose had to really be weighted heavily. I created this new sugar impact scale based on fructose and glycemic load, nutrient density and fiber, created a, a program where you tapered, then you transitioned, and then you got transformed. You connected the dots, see how much you could have in your, your diet. And that's what I have people do. It's like, let's go through this and see how much you can handle. Right, where's your weight? You know, mm -hmm. where's your body fat? So I took 700 people through that. And the average person, because we went through and had to do the averages for the publisher to be able to say this. Sure, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Lost 10 pounds. But the bigger thing was they lost their sweet tooth. 10 and pounds over the course of? Two weeks. Two wow. Weeks. That's astonishing. But, you know, that to me, that wasn't the big deal because you can lose 10 pounds and gain 10 pounds right back. Again, True. Good know. point. But if all of a sudden, you, if you lost those 10 pounds, but you lost your sweet tooth. Huge. And all of a sudden you were like, God, you know, those foods don't even appeal to me anymore. And actually when I eat them, they taste disgusting and they trash my energy. I don't even want them. Like I have one woman who'd gone through the virgin diet, but sugar and gluten were still her nemesis. And she goes, you know, your the sugar impact, she lost... The, the last 10 pounds, she says, but now 
I know exactly what happens if I have sugar or gluten. My mm-hmm. blood sugar goes up 10, 10 um, points immediately and I gain five pounds with one thing. Yeah. So I, it's like, it's just not worth it. You yeah. Know? It's really interesting. Well, it's fascinating. And I, I think what you're doing is great work. I love that you have, you've really just overhauled something that you've, we've just been shoving down people's throat, the glycemic index. And there's something about it. You said it just doesn't make sense. You know, and and to overhaul that and to do such an amazing work in educating the population about sugar is um, really commendable. And I know people are going to want to know more about how to manage their own sugar and and to try this approach. So where can they learn more about your new diet program? So here's what I did. Again, I'm always like, my whole goal is to make things easy. So I put together four training videos that just walk you through the program immediately. You'll take the sugar impact quiz. So you'll be able to go, okay, where am I right now? You got to know your starting point and the sneaky sugar inventory. So you'll see all the crazy places. Sugar is sneaking in like I threw out balsamic vinegar. Yes, I didn't Uh, know that I needed. I I can't wait to watch the videos. I hope I'm not sad. You like that because there's an, is, there's an easy swap, like have yes. red wine vinegar, no yes. big deal, but you lower your sugar impact. It's okay. the things you do every day. Perfect. So simple stuff like that, so you'll know exactly what you need to do to get started. And again, I'm all about making something easy to follow and easy to do, so you're not like, you don't feel like you have to take another class. <laughs> Thank so, you. We love right? that. Yes. We're busy. We're busy. We've got enough stuff to think about. Make it simple. Yes. And so, how can we find out more about it? Where do they go? Where do they go? Where do they go? Where do they go? Sugarimpact.com. And let's do slash Shaleen so we can give them extra fun stuff. Oh, cool. So, sugarimpact.com. And and these are videos. Will they be up indefinitely or do people need to make sure they log on in the next couple of days? No, those will be those will be up, and okay. I'm gonna work on. We'll see what we can put together for you too. So okay, cool. Well, nonetheless, I always want to tell people, you know, when we have a guest on and they they create something special for my listeners, take advantage of it right then. You know, make a note to yourself to do that immediately because I can't ask my guests to, you know, keep these things up on their websites indefinitely. So take advantage of that. I know I'm gonna head over there as soon as we're done and take the quiz and watch the videos and because that that's truly my answer. When people say, what are you doing differently? My answer is I'm educating myself. I love that. And I got to tell you, now that I've really looked at this and just like you, when you said balsamic vinegar, I when I really dove into this subject. I was like, oh my gosh, even me. I here I'm a nutritionist and I and I was finding that it was sneaking into places I never even mm. would have thought about. And it's made a major impact. This is if we were going to take on one subject, one thing and make a change, if you lower your sugar impact, you lower your kids' sugar impact, you know, it it's the biggest single shift you can make to impact your health. It's simple. It's amazing. JJ Virgin, it has been an honor to have you on my podcast. I want to recommend to my lifers that they subscribe to yours. I teach morning fitness classes and I tell my students, if you're not listening to JJ's podcast on the way to class, then you're wasting your time driving here to do the fitness component of it. Learn something about nutrition. You've got just such an easy to digest, no pun intended, quick and easy podcast that I really enjoy listening to. And I use that time driving to and from the gym to educate myself. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed that as much as me. This is one of those episodes where it's really important. You remember to go to the website, shaleenjohnson.com forward slash podcast. Look for the episode with JJ Virgin. 
There, we've placed a link that JJ has given us. That link gives you her two-week cookbook. It's an amazing way for you to be able to detox not only yourself, but your family off of sugar. Lifers, if you're listening to this around the holiday season, don't forget this is when it's really the most important that you remember what you know, your knowledge, continue to expand your mind. It's going to make getting through those holiday parties and avoiding that extra weight gain so much easier. The holidays can be stressful. Let me coach you through it. Stay connected. And as always, leave me a message. Let me know what you thought about this episode. You can leave me a voicemail message by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash podcast. That's also where you see the show notes, as I've mentioned, but it's where you can leave me a voice note about this show. And you guys, I love it when you do that. Thank you so much for keeping your messages specific to the podcast. And as always, thank you so much for stealing your friend's phone, opening up the podcast app, and then subscribing them to this show, because that's what good friends do, right? That's why I love you guys. All right, that's all for today. Talk to you soon.